I'm your host, Nikki Collins. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I pray that each and every one of you out there are having an amazing day. I believe, God, I believe that this is the day that God has made. Amen. Today, that you shall flow freely in all that he, he is pouring out in this season. So I thank God for each and every one of you. Today is Monday. Today is the start of something new. Today is the start of something new. We have to wake up. We have to get up on a Monday knowing that, you know, God's mercies and his grace is renewed every day. Even though sometimes we look at things that's going on around us and it seems like, Lord, I don't know if I can make it. There's a lot going on. It's heavy. But guess what? God is still on the throne. He is still God. He's the God of our life. He is still the anointed one. He is still yeah. the burdens. He is still doing the things that he's done the whole time. He is still our God. So I just want to encourage some of you out there who are listening to know that it doesn't matter what it is that you're going through, that your God have you on his heart. So I just want to welcome you all. Thank God for uh, my husband on today. I just thank God for family. Thank God for Ellen Michelle, who is, you know, always behind the scene, making sure uh, this broadcast goes forth. I thank God for all of my sponsors and those that sow into this ministry. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you today. I have a very special guest, a special show, someone who I've known for years, just like a dad, I'm telling you, he and his wife, amazing people, amazing people. I have his entire bio, but I just decided to go off of what I know about this gentleman. He is an author, and that's the reason why I knew I had to have him on the show. I just want you guys to help me welcome Elder David Gooden to the show. Welcome, Elder. Well, hello there, Miss Nikki. How you doing? I am well. I'm so grateful that you uh, you said yes and that you decided to come on the show. I started reading your book and mm-hmm. I, I had to have you on the show because I believe that now is the time. Well, thank God for that. Thank God. You know, me and Cynthia have the greatest respect and love for you because we talk about you all the time. I was talking to you uh, about you today to our daughter, Michelle. You probably see her on sometimes, yeah. you know, and uh, I said, you guys got some some you got a lot in common. And I said, one of the things that, you know, you know, the circumstances in which we met. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember after we after we when we met you. Uh, Cynthia and I were talking and we would sit back and we would listen to you. And I told I told uh, Cynthia, I said, I'm going to tell you something. That ain't no dumb chick. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I said, she is not a go-for lady. Wow. Okay? And before we knew it, you done made a move. You know? <laughs> you, done, you done made a move. Did, didn't he hesitate. That changed your life. 
Yes. In the life of your children. And that is why I knew when you sent this book to me, it was such a surprise. I was so happy to get it. Mm -hmm. And I started reading and I put it book, I put it down. I could not, mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, this is too much. Like this is, mm -hmm. wow. You wow. know, because it was so good. And because I met you at a time when I was very vulnerable, I had yeah. just gone through a divorce. Well, actually, I hadn't even gone through the divorce, but I was going through some tur turbulent times, you know, yeah. at that time. And when I tell you, you and Elder Cynthia truly blessed my life mm -hmm. and to me. And, you know, I'll never forget that. And so oh, thank God for that. to see some of your nuggets in this book, the name of the mm -hmm. book is Wisdom from the Father You May Have Never Had. Yeah. This is, uh, it says insights and lessons from the heart. This yeah. book is all about, it's about relationships. It's about, you know, your story. You give us, mm -hmm. you know, little tidbits of your story mm -hmm. and how God transformed your life. And see, the time that we're living in right now, there are some heavy times, you know, mm -hmm. you know, we look at it and we get caught up in it. But God truly, he's still moving in our hearts and it starts yeah. with us. If we yeah. allow God to transform us, to help us, you know, the times that mm -hmm. we're seeing, we don't have to experience right. You know what it is that we're watching. We don't have to because because of what God is doing on the inside of us. And so that's why I really wanted you to come on and talk a little bit about this book. Ladies and gentlemen, again, the name of this book is Wisdom from the Father You May Have Never Had. And so, Elder Gooden, can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration? What inspired you to write this book? Um, my father, your father, my father. Wow. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting thing, the things, you know, that I learned for some reason, I have a good memory about experiences that I have, mm -hmm. whether they were good or whether they, whether they were bad. And I always tried to judge myself. Mm. You know, I look back and I look, uh, back to the woman that I was married to maybe 45 years ago uh -huh. and that didn't even realize how much she cared for me mm. until five years ago. Five years ago? Five years ago. Wow. Because, be, be, because of, of, of where I was, what happened is that uh, I basically, you know, I was born, I was conceived out of a date rape with my father. Wow. My mother was 17. Mm. And my, my name was changed three times before I was nine. Because my my mother's maiden name was Anderson. And then when I was trying to get a passport, I got a census from back then and a, some school grades. And I saw that my stepfather, that first man my mother married, his name was Thompson. And on the consent census, they had me down as David Thompson. Wow. How I got my father's name at David Gooden, I don't know. But I know my father lived, he could he could get to my grandmother's house in five minutes. But the nine years that I was there, he, he never showed up to pick me up. Five. five, And he was just five minutes away. That's in the book. So with that, we, we ended up moving. And uh, I ended up dropping out of, out of school in the ninth grade mm -hmm. because I flunked the ninth grade twice. You know, so they told me that if you go to high school and you, and you go there three years, they said, uh, 
then you can graduate. I went to the ninth grade almost three years. They didn't let me graduate. So I said they lied, you know, so I quit. You know, it was kind of where my brain was. Then the first two women I had, first two, the first woman I had uh, sex with, she got pregnant. Wow. Then the next woman that I had uh, sex with, she got pregnant, uh, you know, and uh, then which which was a mess. Matter of fact, to show you what ended up happening in that is that my first wife, when I started messing around mm-hmm. and she was like livid and I was wondering, why is this such a big deal? Because we grew up, we knew each other since we were 11 years old. We grew up and most of our parents were shacking up Mm. you know most of our parents had boyfriends and girlfriends right this is what we saw i mean so you know so that becomes the abnormal becomes normal to you right you know so i I, so there were some things i just didn't know so i would stay with women live with them a few years and uh and just go to the next woman you know and just do that you know so i end up with six kids by four different women and then I started doing concerts, managing a, a, a band that two of my brothers were in. They was the at that time, back in the day, the two top groups in Ohio was the Ohio players in the group that I had. Uh-huh. And they went on to Smithsonian Institute to represent the state of Ohio in soul music. You know, but what came after that is that all of a sudden I'm interested, I'm introduced to drugs. Mm. And then I started doing drugs. And when when you're having named groups like the Ohio Players, Funkadelics, uh, Bootsy Collins, people like that. And you have the drugs that introduces you to a world that you're really not ready for. And I didn't even smoke, drink, do anything till I was 27. And um, so what ended up happening, I ended up being a drug addict and a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got so bad uh, in Ohio that narcotic agents were trying to bust me. So me and the girl that I was with, with two small children, we left Ohio in the middle of the night, didn't tell anybody we was gone, nobody but our parents. And we ended up in Atlanta on Godby Road in some apartments. And when we got to the apartments and we unloaded the truck, all we had was $14 cash. We had the apartment paid up for a month. We had $14 cash and a half, half a pound of marijuana. No job, no car, no nothing. And I blew that relationship, but what ended up happening is that that's where uh, I was doing so many drugs. At one time, I was doing $2,000 a week in cocaine. Mm. And I ran across this girl that was wearing some Daisy Dukes with a set of Beyonce legs. (laughs) (laughs) And she told me that if we were going to date, I had to go to church. Go to church, huh? Yes. And I told her, I don't do church. You know, so... So you didn't do church. No, I don't do church. I said, because when I was doing my concerts at three, four o'clock in the morning, a lot of people that I knew went to church was looking at the same women I was looking at. Mm. And they were asking me if I would go to church. And I said, no, I don't think I'll go. But I don't think I want to end up like that. Because, wow. you know, even though you don't go to church, you know what Christians ain't supposed to do. Right. You know, per se. So I didn't. But because she asked me why I was looking at those Daisy Dukes, I said, well, you know what? Maybe I can go, you know, a couple times. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe I can squeeze something like that out. And uh, so I went. And so we started staying together. I would still go to church. I'd sit up in the balcony. I'd have reef in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I'd sit up in the balcony. And then I figured out how to get there before they start taking up them tides. 
<laughs> so I would get that because I saw Cynthia put a fifty dollar bill in the in the plate, uh-huh. and I said, "This woman has lost her mind." <laughs> I said, "She giving this this money to this man." I said, "That's why she need me. I'm the one that ain't got the job. I'm the one that ain't got no money. I'm staying with her, right?" Uh-huh. And I said, "Then when these little when these little ladies come around with those little silver plates for the change, now I would give the little ladies some change." Uh-huh. I would, but when they did that building fund, and you had to go down the steps, come to the front of the church. You know, to give you an offering, that's when I went out the door. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. But but one night, there was a bus that was a setup, and Cynthia didn't know what I was doing. She was so naive. Mm-hmm. Probably the the high, the strongest drug she ever had probably was an aspirin. Oh, wow. Yeah, she didn't know nothing. She was so gullible. You know? So one night, there was a bus that was set up to get nobody but me. And I was doing so many drugs that my nose would run 24-7 if I didn't snort some cocaine. Wow. My breathing started breaking, breaking down some. And so I was doing drugs just to uh, to look normal, not to get high anymore. Mm. And so this night uh, there was a bus that was set up just to get me. And I remember a car pulling up beside me and the guy got out with a pump shotgun mm. and came around to my car. I said to myself, I said, David, you are busted. He snatched my car to open, put me out, put the gun in my in my back. And I had about two hundred dollars in, in some cocaine in my coat going up. He said, Where he said, Where are the people that you talk? I said, I don't know who you're talking about, but some people went up there. The girl I was dealing with was having a party, you know. And so when we went up there, when he looked inside, I flipped him up the hall. We go in, people are you know, had stuff on them. Some of them trying to tell on folks and here comes the paddy wagons and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, what it ended up happening is that the narcotic agent that was wired that night, his wire didn't work. Mm. So he had to go and use the phone to tell the people come and do this. So that meant he didn't see what happened. Mm-hmm. And so he brings the girl to me and said, is this the guy you got it from? She said, no. She said, said, you already got me. Why are you trying to get innocent people involved? And he said, well, you'll be able to tell that to the judge later. So people were coming in. They was taking people out. Uh, policemen were acting like it was a party. I was the last person that was standing uh, uh, with my hands up. And this policeman asked this narcotic agent, said, can this guy over here take his hands down? Because if they let you do that, then what happened is that they let you go. They had information on you. Oh. And he hesitated and he said, yeah, he can take his hands down. And he told me, he said, David, I know you're the one that did it. And he said, but I didn't see it. He said, I know where you're going. I know what you're doing. He said, I hope I'll never see your face again. And I told him, I said, man, you'll never see me again. I always see him standing in the door when I say this. And he shut the door. I called a cab home because I wouldn't even drive the car because the tag was expired. You know, so I called a cab home. And in the back seat of a cab, up under my breath, I told God, I said, God, I said, I get the message. I said, I'm either going to be killed or I'm going to jail. My God. I said, my mother's going to wake up and find out her son's a drug addict and a drug. I said, my kids are going to wake up and find out their dad's a drug addict and a drug dealer and it's going to kill my mom. Mm. I said, I'll make you a promise. I said, from this moment, I will never sell another drug or do one in my life. Wow. And when I got up that next morning, I noticed I didn't have any breathing problems. I didn't have any type of symptoms whatsoever. And all of a sudden, I noticed there was no evidence in my body that I had ever did drugs before. Wow. It was just gone, like Helen Baylor. Wow. You know? 
cold turkey gone. And that's when I told my girl, I said, you know what? Maybe I need to go to church for real. Mm-hmm. You know? And she said, well, she said, um, uh, do you want to go to my church? I said, no, nah, no. Nah. I said, uh, I said, I can't handle all that hooping and stuff. <laughs> I said, I, I said, I listen to this guy on the radio and he kind of cocky. But I like how he teaches. So she takes me over there and it's only about uh, maybe about 10 or 15 people there, you know, and I sit in the front row in a three piece suit and he comes over and he stands in the side in front of me because they pray had praise and worship for an hour. I sat down. I said, it's too long. He stood right in front of me and said, you know what? We'll be up praising the Lord and so on and so forth. Some people have got the nerve to come in and sit on the front row and cross their legs. He said, now, you know, I call him out, don't you? I'm saying to myself, bro, just chill. Okay, I ain't gonna do this no more. Okay. And um, turns out to be Creflo Dollar. Wow. Who we told, me and Cynthia told him that we were living together, asking to marry us. He married us about, well, at the end of the month, maybe a couple of weeks later, three weeks later, two weeks before he married his wife, Pastor Kathy. You know, two weeks before. Yeah, yeah, married us. And I ended up being one of his first deacons. A matter of fact, I think on his original license, my name is on there because the first 12 disciples he had, you know, we had to sign it. Yeah. You know, and because he didn't want, you know, to be a licensed minister and all that kind of stuff. He just wanted to preach. But they said, no, you got to do it this way. Uh-huh. You know, so we were we were able to do that. And uh, Damon Wilson from Sanford and Son, right before that, was preaching at this uh, Church of God in Christ that we were going to. And I told Cynthia, I said, let's go see Lamont. He probably going to tell her, you know, say he gave his life to the Lord, you know, and he's probably going to say, uh, you know, tell us some jokes at the church. And this was a church of about three or four thousand people. Wow. And so we went. I'm sitting up in the balcony. It wasn't what I thought. Mm-hmm. He was the real deal. My God. He came hard. He came so hard that there was about 300 people that went to the altar at the end. And I remember we were standing in the balcony. We were all standing at the end. And he said, if God couldn't look down upon you and say, this is my son or this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. He said, raise your hand. So, you know, shoot, I raised my hand. Mm-hmm. At the corner of my eye, I look over at Sint and she didn't raise her hand. And I'm saying to myself, Girl, now you know we're going home together. You know you need to get the hand up. But I didn't, I didn't say that. Okay. And then I heard him do something. When he asked people to come down front, mm-hmm. my foot wouldn't move. And I heard him do something I never heard anybody do. He started binding up the devil. Wow. And he told Satan that he was taking authority over everybody in there. And he said, you loose those feet in the name of Jesus. And when he said that, my foot moved. Uh-huh. And I went down the steps. And I it was so many people, I was at the end of the aisle. And when he prayed, something happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I was checking myself out because I said, now I know what, it, what it's like to be high. I said, but I was in all the way home. Cynthia knew something was up. She didn't know. And I'm just checking myself out. So we pull up to the apartment and I lean over and I tell Cynthia, I said, Sam, I said, I don't know what is going on, mm-hmm. but the next time I sleep with a woman, she'll be my wife. My God. And I ended up moving out. Mm. Then we went to Pastor Dollar. Then he married us. My. Yeah. 
Look at transformation. And that's that's what this is all about. How God would take this Mm -hmm. man, your powerful testimony. He will take Mm -hmm. you from there, from drugs, from the the women and all of these things Mm -hmm. to, you know, church. Mm -hmm. You know, just take you from Ohio to Atlanta. This is how God works. See, sometimes we we don't want to. Um, L-, L is telling us that we're running out of time right now. Like that, we, yeah. we ran out of time. We ran out of time. Wow, time go by so quick. I got to get one thing into you, though. Yeah. I got to share one thing about my son. Yes. I got a son. He was 17. Mm-hmm. When he had the Jerry Curl, he kind of looked like Michael Jackson. He could, you know, when he walked into Burger King, they would think that he was Michael Jackson or something. Wow. And so he came to me because I used to always be in a three-piece suit in a convertible, okay? Mm-hmm. And lay, introducing him to different women all the time. You know, wow. when I was in Ohio, he comes to me. You ever see them wallets that got the, uh, you can put pictures on both sides? Yeah. All right. He comes to me. He said, Dad, he said, I want to want to show you this. And he held it up and let it flop out. It was girls numbers on both sides. Wow. And I told him, I said, look, I know where you get that. I said, you get it from me because of what you saw me doing. And I said, but let me tell you something that. If there's anything that your father learned, he learned that he hurt a lot of people Mm. and a lot of good women. Wow. I said, if you want to show me how much of a man you are, show me that you can get with one woman. Mm -hmm. Stay with that one woman. Mm -hmm. Have all your children by that one woman and stay with her. I said, then you'll show me how much of a man you are. Now, that's a lesson right there that Mm -hmm. a father imparts into his son Mm -hmm. that can truly change. And, and, you know, right then Mm -hmm. you broke some generational uh, curses off of his Mm -hmm. life. So his children Mm -hmm. didn't have to walk through that. And that is what this is all about. It's it's about how God transformed the lives Mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. And and it can be done with anyone. It doesn't matter where you are, what state of uh, a mind that you're in if you if you would just identify the, the to the fact that you need god's help mm-hmm. and like you did in the back of that cab mm-hmm. and just say lord you know d- do it in my life you yeah. know if you just get me out of here I, i've had some of those situations as well lord if you just get me out of this situation right here <laughs> i promise you <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, your story is so powerful, Elder Gooden. I'm going to have to have you come back on and maybe we'll do a part two on the book and on so that we can get into some of these, you know, you you have several point pointers. I have underlined so much in my book. Um, so it's a shame, but we're going to have to come back and get into some of those, but I'm so grateful that you allowed today, the people to hear your testimony, your personal testimony of God's transformation power in your life. And so, you know, this is just, like I said, this is just part one, but we will be back with Elder Good for part Amen. two. So Elder Good, and thank you so much again for joining thank me on the Life so broadcast. Tell Elder Cynthia, okay. I thank God for the, the, the seed and the impact that she has made over my life. There are mentors Amen. that near their mentors far, but just because of watching her life and her the grace upon her life has truly blessed my life. And so Amen. I have to give honor where honor is due as well. 
Hey man, well you see it changed my life. Yes, okay. I see. Yeah. So that that testifies to the power that the power of God that is in her life. So again, thank you so much, Elder Gooden. You guys you. need to get this book. I have his book. Actually, I'm going to be giving away two of his books, um, Wisdom from the Father You May Have Never Had, Insight and Lessons from the Heart by David E. Gooden. So ladies, if you're out there, guys, if you're out there, and if you would, most of you that are listening, you know, you've already linked up with us on Facebook. So if you can send the first two people, the first two people that will send me a, a message and say, you know what? I need that book. I need that book. The book is yours. Go ahead and send it to me, Nikki Collins, uh, Nikki E. Collins on Facebook or Life in the Now Radio on Facebook. So send us this message. I have a book for you. I have, I'm giving away two books on today. Again, thank you all for joining us, for listening in today. I pray that God continue to cover you, bless you in your household and your family. So until next week, remember to live your life in the now. Amen. Are you enjoying Life in the Now Radio? We sure are. We love the guests and these dynamic discussions. If you'd like to partner with this radio show, you can do it by logging on to NikkiCollins.org and signing up to be a partner today. Open heaven now, let it flow. Said, oh, heaven now, let it flow. Oh, heaven now, let it flow. It's your glory. Oh, the fullness of your presence is where we long to be. It's your glory. Oh, said the fullness of your presence is where we long to be. It's your It's the fullness, the fullness of your presence. It's where we long to be. It's your glory. Oh, Lord, it's your. One more time we say, the fullness of your presence. Where we long to be. 
Say 